0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Just Think About It with your host, Skylar Holt. That's me. Um, yeah, I've tried to record this podcast a few times, and until now, I just didn't think I had the prep necessary for this particular episode, but I think we're just going to do it. We're going to talk about um, the Israeli conflict. We're going to talk about what's going on over there, what that means for the U S um, give a little bit of historical context to it. And yeah, uh, hopefully this invites, you know, more informed conversation in your own homes and with your own, uh, friends and family and people that you talk to, because these are the kinds of things that a lot of people like to have an opinion about, but I don't know how many people out there have spent much time uh, researching into it. So just to give an overview of what's been going on, um, last Saturday, Hamas, a terrorist organization in the Gaza Strip in Israel, they went and broke through the border fences that the Israelis had put in place. They attacked the Israeli defense forces and started going into the communities there. Um, a lot of the communities that they were going into at first, they're called kibbutzes, and they are small villages, right? It's not like a it's not like a typical city. These are these are groups of families that live together. They all raise their children together. They have schools together. They have f- small farms, um, small little businesses together, right? These are they have their own small security forces, you know, really like a like a security coordinator who is in charge of protecting. the the small village and they went into these areas and and these were the types of people that they were attacking. They were attacking families. They were attacking children. They were attacking the elderly. Um, There was a music festival going on uh, at the same time. It was attended by hundreds and hundreds of people, young people. And the Hamas forces came in, in paragliders and immediately began attacking uh, those people attending that festival, right? 260 people died at that festival. And so far the overall count is about 1200 Israeli citizens who've died. Um, Over a hundred people have been taken back into the Gaza Strip by Hamas as uh, hostages of this whole ordeal. The idea being uh, they can use these hostages to start leveraging concessions given to them and just a little f- like uh, background on the, on the Gaza Strip on Israel, right? This is so complex. The whole, that whole area is incredibly complex and it's really hard to find information. It's really hard to, to piece through things because you'll find interviews of people, um, sharing their their 1st accounts right what they've experienced personally on one side of the argument uh and on the other side of the argument so what is the argument right the argument is basically that israel is out of line with the international community and their laws right the un and their laws by their occupation of these Palestinian territories, right? You have two of them in Israel. You have the Gaza Strip and you have the West Bank. But um, the other side of things would be that Israel has no interest in taking any land from the, or I guess, no interest in taking complete control of the Gaza Strip or the West Bank, right, that they are not... um, particular about who lives in their country. There are plenty of Arab Israelis, right? There are plenty of people who are not Jewish, who live in the state of Israel, who enjoy Israeli citizenship. But that the main conflict is that they need to protect themselves. And I think this week was a pretty strong example that the need to protect themselves is uh, very real. So what is the U.S. response to this? The U.S., they... um, they're not directly involved in any of the conflict. There are no soldiers over there, and I highly doubt that there will be. Uh, the only thing that would cause U.S. soldiers to you know, be involved in any of those areas, I think, is if the border countries of Israel, mainly Lebanon and Syria, send over their fighters, Hezbollah, to the northern part of Israel and start attacking. Israel has one of the strongest and most advanced militaries in the world. So they are more than capable of defending themselves and they have refused uh, volunteer help from countries like India and others saying that, you know, this is their fight and they're capable of fighting it themselves. They want to, um, you know, they're, they're more than capable of doing that. However, the U.S. has sent over the USS Gerald R. Ford, a new Ford-class aircraft carrier. It's the newest aircraft carrier in the U.S. arsenal. It's the largest warship ever made, and it is sitting right there in the Mediterranean Sea basically as the, the backup, right? The, the deterrent for any of these other countries, be it Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, um, Egypt, or, or Iran, to become involved, right? Basically saying, don't even try it. There's no way you're going to get away with it. And I think that that is a pretty significant deterrent. There's talk that they're going to send another aircraft carrier. It would be the first time in years that two aircraft carriers were deployed to the same spot, right? That's an incredible show of strength. And to Biden's credit, that has been something that he's been pretty consistent on, pretty clear spoken on the U.S., support for Israel at this time and whatever they need. One of the things that they have requested and that the U.S. is giving them are interceptor missiles that go to their uh, Iron Dome defense system. Basically, Hamas, how it likes to attack Brazil is, Brazil, I'm in Brazil, how it likes to attack Israel is they have built homemade rockets. They've gotten, I mean, this this is an example of just how horrible it is over there. Hamas took over the government in 2007, I believe, right? In 2005, Israel got completely out of there. They elected their own government. They decided to elect Hamas. And since then, Hamas doesn't give, you know, they don't care about the Palestinian people. They're not trying to improve the lives of anybody. They're not trying to build up infrastructure. They're not trying to do anything that would persuade the international community or Israel to support them, trade with them, open their borders to them, or anything like that. In fact, the countries that do supply aid, for instance, you know the, the public works system, the sewage system in particular, is absolutely horrible within the Gaza Strip. So what happens? Countries send pipe to the Gaza Strip so that they can improve their infrastructure, and Hamas, instead of actually using that for its intended purposes, what do they do? They cut it up and they turn it into rockets that they can then launch into the, the settlements in Israel. Well, they're unguided, they're unsophisticated, and they basically, it's, it's estimated that even 25% of those rockets don't even make it to Israel, and they just fall into the Gaza Strip, right? What they like to do is they like to put these in hospitals, apartment buildings, schools, universities. Why? Because any retaliation from Israel can be seen as an attack against civilians. They hide behind civilians so that they can carry out their attacks, their terrorist attacks on Israel. Israel's Iron Dome system, very sophisticated, uses these interceptor miss- missiles to shoot down the Hamas rockets. And it, they have basically a 90% success rate, right? Right. And it's really only because of this Iron Dome system that the Gaza Strip has been allowed to survive, right? The Gaza Strip, meaning Hamas within the Gaza Strip, has been allowed to survive. If there was no system to shoot down these rockets, the amount of devastation it would have caused on Israel in the last you know, 10, 15 years would be incredible. And there'd be no way that they could sustain that and they would go in and completely take over The Gaza Strip, right? So it's only been the superior technological uh, systems that Israel has that have really protected Hamas and uh, the Palestinian people that they're hiding behind. Right now, they're they're running low on those missiles because it's been over five thousand rockets to this point fired by Hamas into Israel. Right, five thousand. Within the space of days, um, around the world, there are various levels of support and antagonism against Israel. Um, like I said, I think the Biden administration is, is very clear on their support. And what, uh, what they've also done is the prime minister of um, the U.K., the Chancellor of Germany, the who else was there, Uh, President of France, and the US, they've all joined together and issued a joint statement issuing their support. The UN has condemned what Hamas is doing. They've spoken very clearly on Israel's right to defend themselves. But that doesn't mean that there are not people who are absolutely against this, right? And What's happening is there are a lot of people who talk about free Palestine, free Palestine. They stand with Palestine. You know, Israel is an evil occupier. And I think that in another time outside of the current conflict, because it is such a mess and that needs to be resolved first, there is definitely discussion that could happen and probably should happen about how Israel can adjust their take on the occupied territories, on those territories like the uh, West Bank and Gaza Strip, but to ignore the fact that the the West Bank and and that Palestinian territory is murdering people, murdering innocent children and, and elderly and the disabled in horrible, horrible ways, not seen since the Holocaust, to put them on the same moral ground as Israelis defending themselves, defending their homes and their villages and their, their, their children, is it's just wrong. It's, it's a step past lazy, and it's wrong. It is, it is actively going against what is obviously true to put in a political point. Right. And there, there are some real consequences. Uh, there are, um, Harvard had, for example, had 33 or, or more than 30 student groups issue a statement condemning Israel for their occupation and supporting Palestine's reaction to it. And CEOs around the country are, you know, condemning that response, saying, you know, you should release the names of these people who these students who are supporting this statement so that we can make sure to never hire them. I think people have underestimated the clarity with which uh, a lot of America sees this issue. They try to slide one in and, and make it seem like, you know, it, it's a cut and dry issue and and that Palestine and, and Hamas and the, all they're trying to do is just react in their own self-interest. Well, reacting in your own self-interest doesn't involve a 1% of the, of the atrocities that they're committing. So it'll be seen, it's yet to be seen what happens um, if, if other parties get involved. One of the things that is a, a huge um, issue that's gonna have to be looked at past this two things. One, um, Iran Iran's involvement in this, right? Last month, Joe Biden and the Biden administration, they unfroze $6 billion in oil assets that uh, had been uh, locked up and denied from the Iran government. And they did this in exchange for a, a prisoner swap, right? So Five Iranians were traded for five Americans, and Biden sweetened the deal with six billion dollars. Well, the administration is like is trying to say that that six billion dollars didn't have anything to do with the attack in Israel. That there's no evidence that it was funding the attack in Israel. But I mean, think about this, right? If if you, let's look at Iran and say that. They have a budget of six billion dollars to run their whole country, right? Now they have more, but six billion dollars to run their whole country, and that's that's food, governing, keeping their distill or their refineries um, operating, all of those things. And what that means is their their terrorism budget is on the low, right? They don't have a whole lot of money. Well, here comes six billion. In funds that now the U.S. is saying, here's six billion in unfrozen funds, but you can only use it on humanitarian efforts. And we're going to check. We're going to make sure that you only use this six billion dollars on uh, humanitarian issues. Well, for one, when has Iran ever kept their word on anything related to related to terrorist activities or supporting terrorism around the world? All they need to do is say, oh, hey, our budget just doubled. All this money we were spending on infrastructure right now, pff, let's send that to Hezbollah. Let's send that to Hamas. Let's get them prepped for the things that they're trying to do. And that's exactly what's happening. It's very clear that Iran is directly involved in this. How involved they were on the specific plans of this particular attack will be, will be seen. But financially, they support. And uh, the Biden administration is going to have to answer for how they inadvertently might have uh, uh, caused this, or you know, just carelessness, just absolute carelessness on a foreign relations part as well, um, Republicans in the House they're getting together, they're trying to make sure maybe it's not too late to freeze that money back up, take it out of their Iranian government's control, and you know remove remove that ability for them to further fund attacks at least with that money so it'll be it'll be seen what happens with that there's going to be a lot of stuff in the news I'm sure the other side of this is how in the world how in the world did people not see this right the US has a significant security interest in the middle east and significant resources dedicated through the CIA, through the NSA, um, and all of the different security apparatuses in the, in the US towards monitoring terrorism in the Middle East. The Israelis with Mossad, which is like the CIA, it's one of the most advanced and, and well-developed intelligence agencies in the world. Yet, nobody saw this coming. The preparation was not there for something like this. And the reaction time was definitely slowed because of the fact that it was a national holiday, a religious holiday, and on the Shabbat, their Sabbath. So, you know, they they were caught when a lot of people are at home. They were caught when the whole the whole country was slowing down to enjoy the holiday. But the fact that the intelligence organizations did not see anything about this this coming is pretty incredible um, and there's going to be there's going to be some serious backlash on Israelis government for this right now they've formed a unity government basically all that means is they've put partisan politics aside they've joined political parties together so that all of the decisions taken on the war front can be taken uh, clearly and without as much uh, you know, gamesmanship and jumping through hoops and all of that kind of stuff. But once that's over and Prime Minister Netanyahu has to has to answer for what went wrong, it will be it will be seen, you know, what the what the reaction to that is, because it's shocking. It's shocking that they weren't able to see this with with everything and how advanced that is. And it makes you wonder, um, you know, this isn't it's not fear mongering, but The U.S.'s southern border last month alone, 250,000 people came across the border. And it's estimated that up to 50% of people who come across the border are not detected, right? So that means that it is entirely possible that half a million people came across the border in one month into the U.S., right? And I think that's probably high, but, you know, it's certainly the 250 And in that, there are. It's not just. It's not just Mexico. It's not just Venezuela, right? It's. It's not just South American countries. Indians, Pakistanis, um, Africans, Chinese, and also people from the Middle East, right? People from Afghanistan, people from uh, Egypt, right? Not necessarily uh, the West Bank or. the Gaza Strip, those are pretty locked down, right? But countries with strong terrorist uh, elements within them freely moving across the southern border. And that's a 1,000 th- of them that have been caught, right? How many haven't been caught? So the idea that uh, these people who are capable of doing so much harm in these other countries are finding a super porous and easy-to-pass-through southern border... And that even with all of the sophistication of um our our CIA and Mossad and all of these things, that they didn't see something like the attack on Saturday uh beforehand, right? That they didn't see it coming. It makes you wonder what kind of things could happen in the US that we're totally we have a blind eye to. We have no idea what's going on. We have no idea who's in the country, we have no idea what their intentions are and things like that, right? So to say that this kind of thing is so far flung, it's, it's happening in these other countries and these other parts of the world where it doesn't happen over here. I think that uh, there are definite things that will need to be changed to make sure that these things don't happen here in the States, that there is no risk of these things or that the risk is severely mitigated. Um, I think that uh, the upcoming... Election is going to have a lot of sway into how we react to these things. It's interesting what the Middle East policy was from the previous administration to this administration and the previous administration. You had Trump um, putting together the Abraham Accords, which is um, a, a treaty of peace and engagement between Israel, Saudi Arabia, the UAE. And I believe Qatar and these Gulf countries, right up until now, they've been very antagonistic against each other, very untrusting, not cooperating, and that has allowed Iran to uh, sow a lot of chaos into the area. Right? They don't want Iran. Does not want a stable Middle East. They want a, an instable, They want. They want chaos. They want to be able to control the chaos. They want to be able to distract from what they're doing. They want to be able to, in, in the quiet you know, parts of their country, develop their nuclear program so that they can have nukes, right? If you have Iran and Israel in the Middle East with nukes, it's game over. It's game over. The idea that they wouldn't use them, hard to believe. And the Trump administration was able to achieve something that... Um, a lot of people were very surprised that it went down and that was taking these countries that historically have been very antagonistic against each other were non-supportive at the best and bringing them into a supportive agreement right and further than that Saudi Arabia and Israel you know they were they were warming up to each other and that's huge that creates an incredible stable base for the middle east right and an active cooperation of all of these countries to fight against the influence of a chaos producing iran and afghanistan and iraq and the new administration came in what do they do well they certainly don't focus on uh, those agreements anymore they certainly don't capitalize on the progress that was made instead Uh, Biden tries to reignite and reinvigorate the Iran nuclear agreement, the Iran nuclear deal, which basically is we're going to lift sanctions on Iran. We're going to let them make a lot more money than they have been. And that's if only if they let us uh, monitor their nuclear program to make sure that they're not progressing it, that they're not building it at all. Well, even under the Obama administration, when that deal was in place, Iran never let people actually go in and monitor their program, right? They did everything in their power to make sure that those programs were kept secret, kept away from those monitoring agencies, and they never kept their end of the deal. So to think that they will now is is pretty foolish, and especially to go against the, all of the progress that was made know, just a matter of years ago, to then court this this old way of thinking um, that's been proven totally incompetent uh, is is pretty sad. It's pretty unfortunate that that is the the place that we're in. It does seem like uh, the Biden administration was trying to was kind of recognizing that in a, in a way, and they were trying to improve relations between Israel. And Saudi Arabia, unfortunately, the difference is where with the Trump administration was doing it kind of quietly up until the deal was made, the Biden administration is very open about their process, about what they're doing. And there are arguments to say that Iran, because they were able to see the whole process, they were able to see the progress that Israel and Saudi Arabia were making on these these peace accords and on all of these agreements between the two of them. That they saw this as their opportunity to stop it um, before anything was finalized, and that this attack from Gaza and Israel's subsequent reaction to it will, you know, put a put a significant bump in the road between peace talks from from Israel and Saudi Arabia. So, I think all of these things are definitely they're they're super active events. They're, they're going on day by day. Different things are happening. Um, new news is, is coming up, right? There's still hostages over there in the Gaza Strip. And just today, the, um, oh, the well, the Biden administration, who in it? Uh, I forgot his name, but he was asked if it was out of the question for the U.S. to send forces over to the Gaza Strip to evacuate and rescue these hostages was on the table um you know if it was if it was you know within the realm of possibility and they didn't confirm that that was going to happen but we'll see we'll see if that's actually something that that goes on because there are, have already been 22 Americans that have died over there and there are 17 being held as of right now in that in that Gaza strip right where they're being held becomes more complicated every day that they're not rescued so it's definitely something that should be uh, you know people should should uh, be concerned about and definitely look at with uh, just i think i think what i've learned in the, in the short amount of time that i've been focusing on on this area is just how complex it is how much this is affecting real people's individual lives how much discontent there is on both sides and how the arguments for both sides are very logical. They're very, you know, but there is, there is absolute nonsense mixed into it as well. And it takes a slow and deliberate attempt at understanding it to be able to pick through those kinds of things. And so the, the stuff that you hear from, you know, keyboard warriors on, on the internet, on Twitter, on TikTok, you know, seeing everybody's five minute takes on it, it's very difficult uh, to piece through that and feel like you understand it. And I think that, you know, understanding these issues, it's not everybody's job to understand deeply, you know, the issues that are going around in the world. But for the people who are interested in understanding those issues more deeply, it allows them the ability to, when nonsense is being shared, to stand up and say, hey, I've, I've actually done the work to understand this. Here's an informed opinion to be put in here, right? And I think informed opinions strengthen dialogue and they protect against people's, um, you know, their ability to just spit out whatever nonsense they want and have that turn into a mainstream uh, idea, a mainstream way of thinking and sentiment. And I think that is, that is worth a lot of people's time to at least dig a little bit deeper. So that's today's episode. That's the, that's the topic of today. And I know this is going out to like five people, right? I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to talk about it just because I was like, oh man, it's such a serious, serious topic. Um, but then thinking about it, you know, there's so few people who are listening to this right now at least. That at least if you have questions, feel free, give me a call, right? Let me know um, I'm happy to I'm happy to talk about it and and share what share what I know about it right now, but yep, I wish you all the best and uh, I you know I'm praying for the people in Israel, praying for the people in the Gaza Strip who have nothing to do with this, who are innocent and who are you know being used as shields and I pray that this can end quickly and decisively so that Things like this don't continue on into the future. So take care, everybody, and we'll talk next week.